everyone, this is Tina Shabib, and welcome to another episode of our podcast, Designing Your Life, a podcast that aims to inspire you to create the life you want. Each week on Designing Your Life, we'll be sharing stories, experiences, and tips that will help you gain insights on what you can do to create your perfect life, no matter what that looks like for you. We'll be addressing topics such as finding the right career for you, turning your passion into reality, common career mistakes, when to start your own business, and finding balance in life as a working mom, just to name a few. And I hope that by listening, you feel inspired to design the life of your dreams. Wafala Bedat is a mom, entrepreneur, podcast host, and a two-time Ironman finisher. She joins me today to talk about her career journey and shares how she designs her days to serve her both professionally and personally. Hello, Wafa. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to have you with me today. Um, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate this. I've been wanting to do this for a while, so um, thanks a lot. I'm so excited to be here. And, and I am happy to have you as my first guest for our first interview on the podcast since you inspired me to do this in the first place. Um, so that makes it kind of extra exciting for me. You're amazing, Dina. Honestly, I'm just, yeah, you're, you're natural. You're such a great moderator and host. So I'm excited for this podcast. Amazing. All right, let's get into it. So let's start by maybe just a quick intro. If you can tell me a little bit about yourself, about where you grew up, a little bit about your childhood. Sure. So I grew up in Bahrain. I'm a Bahraini entrepreneur. I've always known I wanted to work for myself. Um, I remember just my mother coming home one day and just saying that she never wanted to work for anybody because her leave days got rejected or like moved around. She obviously doesn't remember this, but it really like stayed with me. Now, the um, ironic thing is I still have to request leave to make sure that there's a team there to handle my work. But I've always want, like known I wanted to be at the forefront of my destiny, just really curating my life and just being really um, at the lead, just being super alpha. So that's always been me. I studied interior architecture in London. So I immersed myself in the design scene and I really truly felt like the city was my teacher. Like I learned from the classroom, but not as much as the city itself. And obviously to design capital of the world. And that was one of my tutors advice that don't learn from us learn from the city so just the museums the galleries the theater just being exposed to different cultures different foods festivals and events like I really tried everything and anything you can think of I had the business bug since I was really young like I did the lemonade stand and I did the different groups and the book clubs and you know I've always been trying to create community since I was a little girl and the first startup that I feel I immersed and was successful in terms of PR and awareness was a digital magazine called Sketchbook. I started it from my flat in London, turning it into a studio space with you know, 20 to 30 creatives, just like stuffing them in there. Um, just creating content, didn't know how to monetize though, didn't know what a business model was, didn't know how to pitch to companies that just wanted to create cool content. And it didn't really 
work from a money perspective, but it brought me clients. And that's when I created my agency 12 years ago. And I got my first round of clients from the UK and I started attracting all these amazing women from the region who were looking for a female creative director who got what they were trying to do. And they were trying to create content and build community. So I started getting paid to do the things that I love. And I started to recruit from my sketchbook circle, thinking that I'll funnel whatever I make back into sketchbook. And then the agency just completely took over my life. And I think it was because it worked and I was getting paid and I got my office and I hired a team. And the first half of my career, I made all the mistakes you could think of as a manager, as a leader in sales and business. I got that out of the way and then scaled my company. So the agency is still running today. We're about 40 employees and we're an award-winning firm. And it's one of the top three leading communication companies in Bahrain. And we serve the GCC, obviously just, you know, being um, in a versatile, just being able to off offer versatile solutions and, and just being very strategically placed here. And then a few years ago, I really started to question my personal mission statement. And I read a really interesting quote that said, we spend the first half of our lives trying to figure out our purpose and then the rest of our lives living it. And I thought that was so true because I've just never been asked these questions. What is your purpose? What is your personal mission? And it came out like water, like I want to empower women to achieve their highest potential. It was so clear to me uh, what it was. Obviously, we worked with advisors and we worked with mentors to achieve this master statement. So it's like your business mission, but for you as a human. Uh, but definitely huge career pivot after that. So created the Women Power Summit with my team. It's a series of conventions for women leaders, made a commitment to do it for three years. So for some, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, we got incredible women leaders to share their playbook to success. And during Corona, I became a mom. So I have a little COVID baby. And he's two and a half now, actually. Well, he is little, but he's growing fast. I then am now positioning myself as a tech entrepreneur. So really taking what worked in these offline experiences and building a technology. So that's like 35 years compressed in three minutes or two minutes. Nice, nice. I love what you were saying about the whole like learn from the city we don't think like that. We think, you know, I'm going to school or I'm going to take this course or I'm going to learn on the job. But actually learning from your environment and learning from just places that you live, I think this is something so empowering. Yeah, totally. And I don't know about you, but my favorite day in school was career day. I love learning from real people. I love asking questions. I love real life scenarios where I can figure out what is applicable to me at what stage of business I'm in. So I really feel like school and university does not in any way prepare you for the real world. There is like a whole new set of rules that we are operating in or from. And no one teaches you, like our teachers don't teach you that and the students don't teach you. So like you end up learning something and spending all this time and money and then relearning new things to progress in your career. So... I want to just build a new school. I want to build the new, a new type of school of the stuff that should have been taught to me when I was younger, 
that actually could add much more value to me as a person. No, I completely understand. And this brings me to my second question. So, so tell us, where are you right now? What have you, how have you, after this journey and, and figuring out what your passion is, how have you designed your life and how have you designed your days to suit you? So Playbook is a tech company. It obviously gives us the opportunity to work from wherever we are, but then cater to a global audience, which there's a sense of freedom there that I didn't really get from my agency, which is why I'm very pro-technology and building for the future. And where I am now is I've spent the last year thinking about Playbook and pivoting the Women Power Summit experience and what worked and like and the tra- the parts that gave us traction into this offline into this online technology. So for over a year I've immersed myself in learning and rewiring my brain on how to think like a tech entrepreneur which is very different than a traditional business. Like the skill sets you need for this is extremely different. And I would say like things started to materialize around September when we started developing our pitch deck and talking to investors. It's been a couple of months, so we've closed our pre-seed round of $700,000 through um, VCs and strategic angels. So I've just been fundraising for Playbook. And where we're spending the money to grow really fast is we are primarily a masterclass-based solution. Um, and a part community where you can connect with other members, find jobs, and also connect to masters. So we're using AI integrated technology for you to meet members and get answers to all aspects of your life that you're stuck as a female founder, as a student, and as a corporate professional. So the idea is we want every woman in the world to have playbook at the palm of her hands through her phone, and she can search for things where she's stuck and she can listen to incredible masterclasses by women who've done great things, whether they're ministers, CEOs, tech entrepreneurs, and we cover, you know, personal masterclasses as well, like feminine hygiene and um, just have a great relationship with your period and things that nobody teaches you and things that get passed on maybe from mother to daughter, if you're lucky, but we want to be your ultimate you know, support system as you reach your highest potential in your career. That sounds so exciting. When is it out? Can you tell me or do you, is it still? Yeah, so we really underestimated the timing it takes to film. I think post-production caught us all off guard. We all expected in four weeks from filming, we'd have complete content, but it's actually eight to 12 weeks. And then there's weeks for subtitling and animation. So it's actually a longer time period so we thought we would be launched by January and now we're in March. So I hope within the next week or so we should be launched with at least two master classes. I've just been busy with the team, shooting content, hiring a, a team. And you know, we're a team of 12 in a very short amount of time. In, in less than eight weeks, we went from three to 12. And just you know, onboarding founding members and early subscribers to the platform. Exciting, exciting. I can't wait. Um, so Wafa, with, with all this, mashallah, like everything that you're handling and you're juggling, and I know you're still involved with the agency a little bit with, and with Playbook, and then you have your, your son and, you know, your family and, and you know, you, I know you go out and you're still, you know, trying to maintain your social life. So 
how does a typical day look like? How have you designed your days to enable you and empower you to actually achieve all these things and, you know, still have energy, mashallah, at like 8 p.m. to to do a podcast? So I'm the ultimate delegator. I love delegating. It's a great skill. I'm not a perfectionist. I let go of things. I'm really easygoing in that way. And I trust people. I trust them to try and to make mistakes as well. So I think, first of all, in terms of my son, I definitely feel like, and I know like people say it takes a village, but you know, ever since Safe was born, I had a talk with my mother and my nanny and my husband and I said, we're all raising safe together. So let me be very clear. Like he's not mine, he's ours. So, and that was the number one piece of advice I got from mothers generally is don't try to do everything yourself and just lose yourself. Like keep yourself, go work out, go see your friends. So from day one, I always knew that I didn't want to be like the only person that was on my son's case. So I think because of that, I'm able to delegate and and let safe spend hours with my nanny or my mother and you know get my husband to support as well so that was a very clear decision I'm raising him with three other adults and though obviously primary responsibility is 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 me and I'm there for every meal and um, drop-offs and pickups from pre-nursery I also feel I have the luxury of working from home. I've designed it this way. So I don't really have travel time unless I take safe out to school and back, which is like a half hour ride both ways. So overall, I've really cut down on travel time because I'm mostly just operating from the house. So I'm not going to meetings. I'm doing everything on Zoom. I rarely leave the house for work and maybe that's a few times a week and it's really strategically placed in a way where it's also good for my mental health to come out of my my home office. And I mean, it's very important to have a social life. So I figured out the formula because I do spend most nights at home. So I end up either doing advisory and coaching to other startups or just catching up with friends on Zoom dates. But I try to go out twice a week and I think one should be the minimum where I get to see my friends and my girlfriends. I I stay in touch with most of my girlfriends on a daily basis through phone calls. So again, it helps to just connect with other moms and other women and other female founders. But socially, like I know that one is the minimum I need to just feel like I'm not just a mother or I'm working. And two is like a real luxury. Um, so I think, yeah, I've just developed a system where like working from home, the infrastructure and obviously having a great team helps. I have two co-founders with me on Playbook. They're amazing. They're so wonderful. They have my back. We talk and we we're vulnerable with each other and we say we love each other every day <laughs> um, and we check up on each other. So we definitely have a lot of love there. And I think that's also what keeps me like not sane, but just motivated and excited because we're all sharing the the burden of, 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 of building this company really quickly. And my agency, I haven't done any agency work in over three years. So my brother uh, has been handling the company, he's the GM, and he's also doing such an incredible job, which also relieves me from the pressure of showing up for clients and for meetings as well. So what kind of, uh, like, do you have any routine in place, something that you kind of designed into your days on a daily basis, maybe a, a morning routine or something that helps you kickstart your day on a, on a positive and, you know, smooth note? 
Sure. So um, I went through different phases. I read an incredible book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. She changed my life because she introduced me to morning pages, which is basically journaling three pages of like just using you know your hand and just writing on paper and just really feeling the pen um, and doing that every day. So I I try to stick that to I try to stick to that as much as possible. Um, but that's been really great and it's a great way for me to like get any like negative thoughts out just like any clutter in my mind just gets put on the page it's you know I can brainstorm I can write letters to people I'm angry about (laughs) before I have conversations with them I can write letters to people I care about I can just deal with a lot of emotions and feelings and unpack it in my morning pages I try to read 10 pages a day recently I haven't been doing a very good job of it and I think it's because you know, like normally my routine would be my morning pages. My I would read 10 pages. I would do an hour workout and I would uh, watch five minutes of masterclass. Obviously, it's my in my industry. So I need to like be inspired and see what's going on. And then I just write down 10 affirmations and gratitudes a day. And I know it sounds a lot, but without the workout, that could all be done in 45 minutes. Oh, and I meditate for at least three minutes a day which sounds really low, but just three minutes is enough sometimes for me just to like recenter. And with a workout, that's an hour and a half to two hours for my routine. I can also just kind of slot it throughout my day. So if I have 15 minutes, I might journal if I missed it in the morning. And But recently, I think with Playbook taking off, I'm definitely in much more of a creation space like I just want to create and build and not consume so much so I find myself not listening to the podcast that I usually listen to in the car and I'm not necessarily um, doing my three pages every day or my 10 pages of reading but I'm getting a lot of satisfaction from building and creating so that's the phase that I'm in now so I'm just doing at least one or two of the of my morning rituals on a daily basis um, or I try to do them three four times a week. But anyways, so I mentioned the rituals, but I think the whole point is the magic and the morning routine for me has been taking time for myself, first and foremost. I'm just really treating myself to like setting my intentions for the day. And also I find that in the past I used to wake up and then rush to work or or I guess even like to take care of my son, but not give myself half an hour in the day to just realign. So it's just constantly recentering yourself I think that's what the rituals do or that's what the routine does it's like a gift to myself and I love how you're saying that you know lately you've been doing it a certain way but before you were doing it a different way so you know you kind of shift and pivot what your routine is based on where you're at in life or what you're in the mood for what you're focused on Uh, but you're still getting it you're still getting it in some form or another which is so important Yeah, totally. I think if you can do one of those things or find what works for you that gives you the most release, some days I I need to read and that's all I'll do. Some days I need the meditation. I feel like it's just like a lot of noise or I'm feeling really anxious and I really deal with terrible anxiety. And then some days I just want to journal and I have something to say and I don't want to talk to anybody about it. I just want to put it on paper. So like find what works for you. And then sometimes I go through phases where I'm just going on walks for like, I won't do any of the stuff. I'll just walk every day. And that's what my body needs. So I do a lot of intuitive listening to what I'm in the mood for sometimes. 
um, instead of forcing myself to do all of the things. On weekends, it's really nice because I do have more time. So I will end up doing all my rituals and, and I'll feel really good by noon. It's like, wow, I've done so much already for myself. Uh, on a weekday, it's tougher. But just, yeah, find what works for you that gives you the alignment and the release that you need to have a great day. Totally, I totally agree. And I mean, I have a morning routine that when I don't get that in, I just feel a little bit off. Like you're saying, you need to kind of just recenter throughout the day or, um, or you know, at the end of the day or beginning of the day. Um, well, that's, that's really cool, Wafa. I actually, I mean, you, you've said to me in the past that, you know, you, you don't want to work from an office. You want to work from home. You're happy with the way things are. So, you know, you've, you've designed your days and you've designed your life in a way to, to serve what you want and, and how you want to live your life. Um, so if we were going to kind of wrap this up on a note of if you were to give um, our listeners a couple of tips on if you wanted to design your own life the way you want it, what would be your tips for that? So I, I'm sure everyone is different, but in my experience, what really helped me was asking myself the question of what is your personal mission statement? Like we're all designed differently, I'm designed differently than you. And I really feel like God has put everybody here for a reason. So we need to find out what that is. And it, it should feel like it's it, it's already in us. It's just like asking the right questions and maybe working with somebody who can deep dive into your experience and tap into your language and your communication to really extract what that is with you. But it should sit well with you. It should feel right. And then things kind of go into place after that. Because once you realize what that is, that's your compass, right? So everything makes sense. A lot of the decisions that you do make sense. They all go back to feeding that personal mission and for me like I just was able to make great decisions about the work that I wanted to do whether it was the podcast or the summit or building an all-women's team everything just fell right in its place after that or started to fall into place and I think access to mentors is really important and we always hear that but really find people that are worth you either spending money to connect with or that can add value to you, um, whether they're friends, family, or, or as part of your network. But I have like eight or nine different mentors that I go to for different things. I have money mentors and tech mentors. And every time I get stuck, I have like a whole group of people that like, it's my personal advisory board. So build your personal advisory board based on the things that you're not so great at and invest. Like we buy food and clothes and travel, but you know, I invest in, getting unstuck and if that means talking to experts and circling the same challenge then do that so that's why I also offer the advisories because I'm giving people advice or support or guidance that I wish I had based off of my experience it's so hard to find like a business coach especially like when I was starting and scaling I was like where, where do I go like do I have to consume thousands of books um, so sometimes talking to somebody who's actually had the experience they'll be able to kind of guide you um, and save you a lot of time money and energy I've made some potentially could have made some huge mistakes with my business but I spoke to advisors who've scaled their firms outside of Bahrain and they gave me such profound like it was like a 15 minute meeting because their time is so valuable but they'd say one thing and I just reassess my decision making so I don't take a lot of steps unless I'm talking to three or four different people and asking what they think. Sometimes it's redundant because I'm like, well, how can you make a decision? But uh, but usually, like, if I'm not, 
if something doesn't sit well or I don't have the answer, I'll go search for it. So I'm quite resourceful in that way. Um, I think as women, we're always afraid to ask. We're afraid to ask for money. We're, we're afraid to ask to let people down. That's like the biggest recurring theme I've had working with tech founders and just working with female tech founders. We're scared to ask for money. We feel that it's a responsibility to take investor money and you know, and not pay it back or fail with it. It's this constant feel of fa failure. And so we don't ask, so we don't build and we don't grow. And it's just un and not an equal playing field in the tech space. So I think uh, part of what I, why I do these interviews is I want to demystify the fact that you can ask for money and you are a business, a great business opportunity and you need the money to grow um, but it's okay to ask and it's okay to deal with rejection um, so I've just seen so many women give up on their dreams and businesses because they're scared of those things and I get 20 no's for one yes which is like I think the global average so I'm to totally happy when I get 19 no's because I know they're not the right partner for me now or they might be later or I see it as a personal challenge that they might come in later I'll prove myself or I'm building a great network and they connect me with other people so just learn to see rejections as gifts and if you can build a business build it on what your needs are today I'm a mother I want to be close to my son I want to be comfortable at home I want to wear comfy clothes in my meetings so like I have a lot of things that and we were discussing this the other day but non-negotiables like I am not going to go to an office like people can forget it like I'm over going to an office and having weekly and daily meetings and I respect that and I did my part and I did my due diligence and I I laid the groundworks for those things for so many companies but now I just want to focus on achieving my KPIs and protecting my energy and focusing more on research and strategy and, and sales and customer acquisition. So that's where I'm going to put my time. So I think based on your current values and based on your headspace and where you're at, design this accordingly and also figure out how much money you need to actually do the things that you love to do. Like I want enough money to do certain things and then I'm good. Um, and I think for some people, it's the same as well. Like it's, it's no longer about having it all. It's about having what you need to just be happy and to, um, you know, be comfortable and to achieve your personal goals. So if you have what that number is, just work it backwards from there and figure out what can I do to achieve that. So my formula is just like, there's always a number in mind of what I want to make on a monthly basis. And then it's also what kind of environments and space do I want to be working in? And I imagined all those things and I literally created them. Um, or, or I listened to a lot of podcasts by people who have lifestyles that I want to have and listen to a lot of their interviews to understand how they did it to like learn from them so I'm always trying to figure out how to hack life and my professional growth and then I, I and then put that all in playbook because I think what we're trying to do with playbook is like I don't want you to suffer and have pain and take so long to get anywhere like these are all these incredible women who've actually hacked business and personal progression and then you can just deep dive and pick modules that suit you so you can also grow amazing thank you Wafa. this has been thank you very insightful it was a pleasure thanks dina thank you and i also just wanted to thank you for being a founding member on playbook it means so much to me 
And for the listeners who don't know what that is, a founding member is only open to 2,000 slots, women and men, for people who want to get lifetime access to Playbook. But you will forever be on our website and you get a certificate and you're in a LinkedIn testimonial and you get 20 scholarships in your, in your name to girls and women who don't have access to education. So I want to really thank you because you got behind us and you believe in us and it means so much to me. So I'm grateful. I mean, it's an amazing initiative. So it's, 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 uh, I'm, I'm happy and honored to be part of it. All right. Well, thank you very much. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I can't wait for your next episode. Thanks, Dina. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and feel free to share it with anyone that you think might benefit from it. It would be amazing if you could leave a review to help other listeners learn more about this podcast.